The Tigers are premiers for the 12th time in their history. Liam Ryan has climbed on Matt Storm and taken a miraculous mark. Runs towards goal. It's as good as you'll ever see. The winner of the 2019 Brownlow medal, Nathan Fox of the Fremantle Football Club. The miracle of Chris! It's a Grundy! It's Grundy! Hello everyone and welcome to the 5th Quarter Podcast, brought to you by the Nobleman Podcast Network and Pure VPN. Pure VPN leads the industry with its massive network of over 2,000 encrypted servers and 300,000 anonymous IP addresses to ensure your safety and privacy online. I am your host, Ben, and the less we talk about the team that plays in red and black, the better. I am, as always, joined by the Please Give Us a Home Final, West Coaster Brent. Yeah, I really want one. And they might just get one if they finish fifth, as opposed to in the top four. And finals? I remember them. Frio fan, Nathan. Oh, mate, I'm probably one of the few people in the country that wants this home and away season to get extended. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're flying. A few yeah, more weeks, true. we might be a chance. <laughs> I wanted the season to end three weeks ago. Um, quick reminder that the winner oh, of you the- put up with them for that long, did you? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, someone has to. Quick reminder that the winner of this year's footy tipping competition will take home the coveted. I won the fifth quarter podcast footy tipping and didn't even get a lousy t-shirt, coffee mug. So the stakes are high and the rewards are, well, rewarding, I guess. Uh, so we'll move, we'll have actually a quick look at the footy tips, and I can see that Raj actually did win the rounds, considering he didn't tip last night. That's excellent on him. Uh, he got seven. A uh, few of us got six. Brent got five. Mikey got four. So uh, in terms of total score standings, uh, Brent is still in the lead with 107. Uh, but Justin is coming up from behind with 102, Ashley with 100, myself on 99, Raj on 98, and Mikey on 83. Oh, and of course, Zane on 76, who could still, uh, you know, he might, he might uh, get up Crap, over yeah. Mikey. Bree oh. uh, forgot to tip for the last few rounds, so um, it's been nice, uh, nice Bree, but never mind. And Nate, you're, yeah. you're... Nathan gave up on this season quicker than John Westfold did. Yeah, considering um, Nate actually wants the season extended, it's clearly not for the footy tipping. <laughs> I'm just in good spirits. We've got, we got two wins. Yeah. I'm, sure if you, I'm sure if you could tip Frio every, uh, for every game, you would. I'll tell you what, I'm nervous because tipping finals as well. There's yeah. still another... How many games are in finals? Four, six, eight, nine games plus... Yeah. plus so there's another 18... Doubles. 18 chances for me to uh, mess it up. I was, so, go- was going to say... Me, the gr- Trust me, mate. It gets nervy when you hit finals and you think, oh, I did so well, home. Yeah, I've got this. You've got to remember, the grand finals are only one game and yet if you get it right, you get two points. So, if there's two a... Two or three. If, uh, ooh, two maybe... Bonus, two bonus points. Oh, it? yes. Maybe it's a three. Maybe you get three for the one right tip. You're right. Who, kn- who knows? We're like the AFL. We don't even know the rules of our own competition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We just don't change them. No, we just make it up as yeah, we go along. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll double down on the rule we don't know. <laughs> yeah. Pretend we knew it the whole time. Yeah. And just quickly before we actually get right into the episode, uh, props to sure. you, Ben. That was. Uh, I feel like you've rehearsed that intro. That was impeccable today. Uh, yeah, re- sick of us making mistakes. Or what? Uh, rehearsed and also written down word for word. <laughs> so. <laughs> and that's not mate, the only. I, that's not the only mate, thing I've written I, down either. <laughs> I read off a script the entire time, and I still, I still can't get right. <laughs> yeah. so props well, I, to you. I, I figured, you know, I have an acting background. I should probably start, you know, looking at it, at, like you know, actually putting down what I need to say on paper, so I can actually, you know, recite it. So you spend, do you spend an hour getting in character before you start, or <laughs> yeah, my character of me, uh, Ben, the football fan. <laughs> yeah, the football fan who doesn't know anything um, <laughs> and can barely speak English. Uh, so. Uh, with all of that, um, let's actually get right into it. Uh, heroes and villains for uh, this week. Um, I know, Brent, you don't really have any, but that's okay. It just makes things nice and quick. Um, Nathan, did you want to start off with yours instead? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll lead the way. I've actually, probably the first time ever, I've gone for an all-purple uh, hero-villain section. Yeah, um, right. What I was thinking is my hero this week is actually the three-pronged Frio attack of Hogan, Lobb, and Tabernar. We just we just come off of saying Hogan was overrated, and he comes yeah. out and <laughs> kicks four goals. Yeah. 
I think um, like, he heard us. Like everything we do, it just comes back to bite us. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, but between the, the three of them, they contributed eight goals with Lockie Schultz and Michael Walters adding another six. So 14 goals of their 15 coming from that, that strong forward line. Um, I mean, it's just a sign, a glimpse of, I guess, what could be. And it was only North Melbourne, so I'm not going to head myself. But I just thought if if Hogan can get some confidence, because we know a lot of the issues he's been having of late is largely um, with his mental well-being. And so I think he's a guy that needs confidence. Four goals that might help him. don't know how he'll go this week, but he kind of can finish the season on a high thinking, look, I, I bagged it at some goals. Tabernard, you know, we know, is sitting fourth in the Coleman. And um, Rory Lobb is always a, a big target up forward at the top of the goal square. So um, I just thought the signs are good um, when it comes to their forward line in the future. We've still got Sam Sturt out with injury. And there's so much to look forward to, um, which I haven't said for, well, since Pav retired. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ryan Daniels like made the point that if Ross Lyon was still coaching and Freo were 11th, like we wouldn't be going on about how well he's done for the season. And then they sort of came back with, yeah, but like Caleb Sarong wouldn't even be playing the two. So <laughs> yeah. Like none of these young players would <laughs> yeah. even be getting a game and they'd still be where they are. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, that's that's the thing I like about it is he's just throwing every young kid out there. Brett Bewley. They have um, to. All, all nothing the, else going on. Yeah, all the kids. But the good thing is they're coming up trumps. Adam Chero and Andrew Brayshaw. Of their seven wins this year, they've been BOG five of the seven and the other two were Luke Ryan. So the seven best on grounds in those games were the young guys. So that was, um, that was pleasing. All right. So it brings me to my villain. Bit of a weird one this week, fellas. And sometimes you get stuff wrong. And I'm not saying I've been proven completely wrong. So my villain is me, if you couldn't guess. Um, I'm, I'm not saying I've been proven wrong totally, but there is hope in the career of Brennan Cox. Um, <laughs> I had written him off, put a line through him very, very early into his career. He probably hadn't even played 10 games. And uh, his display up forward just infuriated me to a point where I did not want him in the side, but his move to the back line alongside Luke Ryan has actually not only filled a massive void left by our three key defenders, but uh, he's actually been somewhat impressive in a number of games, which a few weeks ago would have pained me to say, but I'm actually pleasingly um, surprised that he's going so well. So I stand by the fact that I don't want him in the forward 50, but I was wrong to write him off so soon. So what happens next year when Hamling and um, Alex Pierce are back? Ah, well, Alex Pierce gets injured every second week, so Brennan Cox is a handy replacement. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all I got. No, that's all good, man. Nice that's one. good. It's nice. Um, so, uh, because of how destitute my team is going at the moment, um, uh, I don't really... I, I've been very um, lackluster with the footy. I mean, I could. I, if I really wanted to, I could say my hero just as a whole, has been Kyle Langford because as much as he's been a whipping boy the last few years, he's he's actually put up put in a pretty consistent season, um, which I can't really say uh, that for most Essendon players. <laughs> um, so, you know, yeah, no, you know what? Because it's a footy podcast, I'll keep Kyle Langford as my hero. I was going to have the NFL coming back and Green Bay Packers winning Monday night as my hero, but I'll leave it. Um yeah, I was I was thinking Cam Newton, maybe. Yeah, there you go. Um, uh, let's not talk about the Patriots. Uh, the <laughs> my my villain my villain for this week, uh, still with Essendon. Uh, I know I told I said you know let's not talk about the te- this team, but I'm going to do it anyway because they're my team. Um, exactly. But my villain is John Worsfold. Now, he look. Let me preface this by saying I'm very, very glad he came in as our senior coach when he did. And he, and he managed to sail us, help sail us through some very, very, very troubled waters. And I'll, he'll, I'll, always, I'll always commend him for that. And I'll always admire him, always respect him for that. Having said all that, what, he's done, what he did and come out, when he, uh, come out and say what he said uh, in the press conference at the, after the Port Adelaide game... Talking it, about them like he doesn't work there. Yeah, it's, but it's just infuriating because of what he said as well. And the fact that he has come across now as being quite hypocritical. So, 
like this is like, this is all just from a, a an article that I'm that I'm that I've got up. But he he uh, said that I understand that Essendon people think that Essendon should be better, but they've also got to understand that the competition challenges clubs now to work to the same rules, the draft and the salary cap. First off, that's a like that's just a backhanded insult. Almost as if to say, oh, Essendon used to cheat the rules, but now you have to work within the same rules. It's like, <laughs> yeah, well, they've also thanks. they've also they've also traded three first round draft picks the last two years. Yeah. Uh, he goes He goes on to say no one team has any more right to be successful quicker than any other team just because they're a big-name club and suggested that thump, the, the thumping against Geelong was uh, against... Uh, sorry, he, he suggested that after the thumping against Geelong, uh, Essendon was three pre-seasons away from being at that level. <laughs> Here's the thing. He made comments in April of this year, made between the break of round one and two, uh, and he said on the Essendon Football Club's podcast that was going on at the time, I'm not sure if it still is, but it was going on at the time, he said, and I quote, we think we can win, win the flag. We've got a bit of work to do to prove we're worthy of being seen as a top four t- team because that's what, uh, when you're really in the hunt to win the flag. Our aim is to show we're closing that gap and closing in on that top four crew. And if you can do that and finish in the top six in a season like this is going to be, I think everyone in the finals is going to be a chance to win it. So what he's basically said is, uh, we believe that we're not too far away from being in those finals, the top six, the top four in April. And then not six months later has said, oh no, we're about three years away from that. Maybe yeah. what he meant to say back in April is we believe we're in the window for a flag after three preseasons, <laughs> it's like They're, yeah, um, he's he's saying he's, he's, I mean, he's like over- he's wanting his cake and eating it too. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, well, they've overrated that list for a long time. Um, Adrian Adoro certainly has, mm. but I mean, Reece Shaw was saying North could possibly win a final at the start of the year. So every team thinks probably that they're. They're close to where they want to be, and then they see how well everyone else is doing. But yeah, he's just sort of like not slamming the door on his way out, but ripping the door out, lighting it on fire, and then throwing it at Ben Rutten on the way out. Yeah, I I don't understand why he's doing why he's saying what he's saying. It doesn't. Yeah. It's almost like he now holds a vendetta against the club, and I'm like, why? Why make any of those comments when you're still technically the senior coach? It's it's really it's, hard situation. Yeah, and the way he's about, talking wait, about it. Look, so, oh, so you think about the way the Essendon's kind of handled it. If anyone else that's in a job and they get told you, look, in a year's time you're no longer with us, it's hard to really give your absolute all to the cause when you I, know that the time's ticking. And it's not it's not even a matter of if I get the boot. It's I am getting the boot at the conclusion of the season. So I can get um, maybe his commitment hasn't been there, but it's a bit of a weird way to go out, especially if you're the kind of person that maybe pursuing another role? Yeah. Look, there's two ways I, I see like Wusher could have could have done this. Like this this 12 months. He could have gone the, he could have gone the Paul Ruse route. Nice and respected and commended and like, you know, didn't didn't rock the boat too much on his yeah, way I'll out. Do my, I'll do my 3 years and I'll get out. Exactly. And then someone else will come in and, you know, and then I can I'll wash I, I can wash my hands of it from then on. Um <laughs> But I can be happy knowing what I did with the club while I was there, right? I could have done that. At the moment, he seems to be going the Mick Moldhouse route. <laughs> yeah, it's it's strange because if we're, if we're comparing like the Paul Ruse handover in this one, Paul Ruse said I'll do two, but you know if I feel like my job's not done, I'll do a third and then I'll hand it over, which is what he did. Yeah, they were looking to move John Mosfold on last year. Mm-hmm. And then decided, oh, you know what? Maybe he needs one more year. Yeah. At the start of the year, he basically said, "I'm not doing anything." Like he'd already washed his hands of the season before it began. Had told the club yeah. that he was planning on moving back to Perth. Yeah. At the end of the year, anyway. But now he's not even talking about the club like he works there. Yeah. You know, if they, I get it. You know, in the future, if they do this, they do this. But technically, you're still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're still helping forge that future, and yeah. all you're doing is burning it to the ground. <laughs> yeah. well, well, we think he is. <laughs> he doesn't think so much. No, he doesn't. Yeah. But then again, that's that was like Mick Malthouse at the end of Carlton. He didn't think he was burning it to the ground, and lo and behold, there was nothing but charred remains afterwards. <laughs> it's just it's just not a good sales pitch for if 
I, no. I don't know what his plans are, but if he is looking to get some sort of role elsewhere, it doesn't really sell yourself to be like, oh, this this bloke's going to go down um, in style. He goes out with a blaze of glory. Yeah, he yeah. he it, it yeah exactly well, how you said without it, without the glory. Yeah, like if any other the blaze, any other <laughs> uh, any other business, any other company, any other industry are going to look at Worstfold's comments and go, well, you know, why would we hire you if any bridges that are built are just going to be burnt when you leave? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I don't like it. I don't like it at all. But anyway. You know what I do like? A ultra fast high speed VPN, and you can get that with pure VPN. <laughs> Whether it's high speed streaming, browsing, security, amazing. file sharing, or simply just privacy, you get everything you need with pure VPN. Your privacy is guaranteed with pure VPN's military grade encryption, anonymous IP addresses, and a global network of high speed servers to suit every purpose. Pure VPN allows you instant and unrestricted access to all your favorite content through 2,000 strategically placed servers to help overcome any restriction. 24-7 support, ultra-fast speed with the ability to connect up to five devices simultaneously. Pure VPN is compatible with Mac, Windows, Android, iPhone, Linux, Chrome, Firefox, and you know any other device. Uh, you know it's probably it's probably compatible with uh, AFL Evolution 2 on the Sony PlayStation as well. I don't know. Uh, check it out. See what happens. Um, luckily, 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 lucky listeners of the Fifth Quarter podcast can experience Pure VPN for as little as two dollars eighty-eight a month with a full thirty-one day money-back guarantee. Simply visit purevpn.com/fifthquarterspecial to take advantage of this exclusive deal. No other VPN provider offers the perfect combination of premium add-ons and features like Pure VPN. $2.88 a month, an absolute bargain. Jump on board now. Take advantage at purevpn.com slash fifth quarter special. That is a bargain. It is an absolute bargain. Um, did you actually go to work today or did you just sit at home practicing that? <laughs> no, I went, to, I went to work, but my work was con- mainly consisted of sitting down and you know reciting this over and over again so those um <laughs> so the luckily the luckily lucky listeners yeah are they are they luckily lucky or are they luckily lucky that they're getting this great deal uh or are they already luckily lucky yes to all <laughs> <laughs> don't 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 uh, go too far into it. Let's just, let's just move it's on, shall late. we? It's yeah. Too late. <laughs> Might have to bring it up as a captivator. Oh, God. We've got, yeah, we've deep, we're, deep, we're deep diving into the ad read. That's, that's a shame. Speaking of captivators, uh, captivating questions. Um, Brent, do you actually have one of these? No. Okay, cool. Oh, well, I've, I've got two and I really wanted to do them. All right. Well, if you do, do, it. You do one, I'll do mine one and then you can do the other. Yeah, so perfect. Pretend one's me. Yes. Okay, perfect. Okay, Brent, straight off the off the bat. <laughs> so my question is, given what's happened over the last two weeks with Adelaide, I thought this was a little more, little more um, of a question. But for which side has 2020 been the biggest nightmare? I mean, it's very similar to the question I asked you uh, last week. Um, but uh, biggest nightmare... Um, Honestly, I think it's probably Essendon. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to talk about my club again, but it's probably them, just simply because of where they, where everyone, th- everyone, where everyone expected them to be. The, um, in, in relation Essendon, to where they also are, also where Essendon expected themselves, themselves to be. be. Um, yeah, uh, so um, that in relation to where they currently are. Plus all the stuff that's like all the, the happening now, happening now in terms of the the um, Wusher as and plus the injuries that they've sustained. Um, I keep thinking back to Mos- poor Irving Mosquito. Um, yeah, I don't know Adelaide. I think everyone figured that they'd be down the bottom. So as much as they're like no one expected them to lose as many as they did in a row, it's sort of it's not been a nightmare. It's just been a a, f- a relatively bad dream, maybe yeah. you know, but a bad dream that everyone was expecting to have. Like, like you would have, like you know, when you drink too much and you, you know, 
Yeah, like yeah. I don't think North or Adelaide really had genuine premiership aspirations, whereas no. the Bombers did. Yeah, I mean, you could yeah. almost you could almost say that uh, uh, GWS has had a, a bit of a nightmare season just simply because they've never been able to get out of first gear since the first round. <laughs> well, that's that's actually yeah. what my answer was going to be. I was thinking about them and Essendon. For me, I probably rated them in the nine to twelve bracket. I didn't have them. As, yeah, as, yeah, I thought they'd be scrapping for finals, like, but not this, I think, not this bad. I think they're yeah. lower than where I expected by maybe a, a spot or two. But um, the Don't Giants, worry, they'll get worse. The Giants coming off <laughs> making a grand final and getting embarrassed came out yeah. and they're now 10th. And pretty much, un- unless things go horribly wrong for the Bulldogs um, or Melbourne, the Giants aren't playing finals at all. So I just thought that's a, yeah. that's a huge slip down the ladder. Yeah, um, for a team that's, I mean, had such high hopes for the last five years, really. Yeah, and a few people would have, like myself included, would have thought, you know, after the grand final capitulation, that it would be like, oh, okay, well, you know, they'll come back and you know make sure they're even harder and stronger and hungrier this time around, and so that doesn't happen again. And yeah, uh, it looks like they just they don't even care if it if they even get. Uh, uh, you know, redemption of making sure it doesn't happen again. It's just, it's, you know, yeah, no, it's almost nothing like, at all. Yeah, it's like they, they, it's almost like they went, well, we had our chance. Oh well. And, and I think <laughs> yeah. it, uh, I think it is. Uh, someone was saying one of the coaches was saying that um, over the last five years, I think. Oh no, I think it was Eddie McGuire. So not not quite a coach, but a club president said that the GWS Giants have had the highest average ladder position of any team over the last five years. Yeah, um, right. And now they slipped to 10th, so... Yeah, I just... Um, I kind of worry for what direction they're going in. Well, kind of... Um, it, it, I did men- make mention of it a few weeks ago. I think uh, it was... Um, I asked this to Brent. That, um, you know, is GWS facing some... Like, uh, their version almost of, a, of, the, of an Adelaide curse... Like you play Richmond in a grand final, and then the next, like the next year, and then <laughs> no subsequent seasons, you just know, yeah, that's it, you're done. Well, Ross Ross Lyon actually made a really good point. He went through essentially the poaching that's happened um, from GWS's list and their top ten draft picks, and there's a load of players that are no longer at that club that um, oh yeah that have been taken by Carlton Essendon, um, Fremantle's got two of them. There's players just everywhere that yeah um, guys that you don't even think of like. Um, at the Saints, who's it? Jack Steele was at the Giants. Like all yeah. these, all yeah. these superstar players around other clubs. Um, but that was that was the argument that the AFL made. Like they they're going to have all this talent, but it'll eventually they can't afford it all. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to filter its way back. Yeah. Mm. And, and and now I, they... I don't think the Giants have like lost anyone that they desperately wanted to keep. Because they know no. you know each year they're going to lose. Yeah. Two or three. So they've. They've always signed them sort of in the order that they they want to keep them, mm-hmm. and a lot of the ones that Carlton have got are the ones that got delisted anyway. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I don't think like they've lost a lot of talent, but I don't think it's disproportionate to the amount they've kept. Yeah, that makes sense. It's probably talent. The talent they've lost is probably talent they felt that they could lose without damaging the team too much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, like Collingwood would cry if they lost Adam Trelaw, or Mason Cox maybe. Yeah, maybe Mason. <laughs> but I mean, if you've got a midfield like we mentioned last week, it doesn't feel like that big a loss. Yeah. At the time. Well, it's good. I think I've uh, detracted from the uh, Essendon focus on that segment. So. No, I'm more than happy <laughs> to do that. And you know, Collingwood maybe like if Mason Cox was to leave, they they might be crying, but I'm pretty sure they'd be crying tears of joy. Um, move on to my to my captivator. Um, so we've had just in the last 24 48 hours a few retirees in uh, Cade Simpson, Tom Bell Chambers, Ben Stratton, Stratton, um, Popolo, Pop, yep, Poppy. Uh, there's been a few. So my question is. Uh, who from our respective teams, um, plus any opposition teams that you can think of, who do you think, not should, not necessarily should, but will retire uh, by the season's end? 
Well, that's an easy one for me. I think they're hoping for an extension, but David Mundy's first on the list at 35. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's fair. But he's still playing like yeah, that, I mean, so playing well. So, he's playing so well. There's talk yeah. about they desperately want to get him on a one-year contract so that they can not only have him play because he's, he's so composed on the ball, but just kind of teach that to their young brigade. So it makes sense yeah. for a year. But he, he's probably first to go, even if it's not this year. He'll be getting the first to go next year. Um, well, I know Josh Kennedy was saying at the start of the year that this year would probably be his last, but he's in the middle of re-signing if he hasn't already. <laughs> so it won't be him. Um, <laughs> for me, probably Will Schofield because he's not getting a game. Yeah. Uh, and it's probably maybe Shannon Hearn, but he's playing all right. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, <clears throat> uh, I probably would have said Bell Chambers for Essendon before he actually went ahead and did it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was about uh, to say, have you missed the news? <laughs> yeah, no, I no, I haven't. Um, and to be fair, like you know, you could see this season. It's like, yeah, it's probably getting ahead of him a little bit. So it, I think he's he's made the right call. Um, but everyone else at Essendon is like either like just hit thirty or it's still in their twenties. So the only other one I can... The, the only other two... I guess, yeah, besides Hooker and Hurley. Um, but they ain't going anywhere anytime soon. Except for maybe Kyle Hooker. Uh, I can I can see him... I don't want it to. God, do I not want it to. But I can see him potentially retiring simply because he's been omitted. Uh, yeah, I was about to say he's out of the side at the moment. Isn't he, he, got, he got omitted for the last game. Uh, he's in his... I think he's 31... 31, 32 yeah. at the end of the year. It's 32, turning 32, 32 at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, he's, a, he's a local Perth boy. His family, and I think he maybe himself now owns one, uh, a, a vineyard uh, in the southwest. Um, I, can very, I can very much see him, because Tom Bell Chambers as well is one of his uh, good, close personal friends. I can see him sort of looking at Bell Chambers and what decision he's made and kind of thinking, you know what, wouldn't mind heading back to Perth, just focusing on my wines and just, you know, um, uh, you know, just uh, letting it, letting football go. I can, I can see him doing that. I don't, I don't want him to do it. I don't want him to do it anytime soon. But I can, if if anyone was to to do it from Essendon, I could probably see him doing it. The only other person is Zaharakis. Um, and that's only because uh, I before he so throughout the rest throughout the entire year, close to the entire year, it looked as if the the game again the game had passed him as well, and then he started to find a a, a little patch of form I guess in like a game or two, and then uh, did his uh, knee I think it was he got a massive injury and then has that hasn't been seen all since. Um, for obvious reasons, but so I can kind of see him maybe retiring as well. But that's a that again, that's a, a big a big if. Nice. Yeah. So, right. Oh yeah, and I don't know if we can. Uh, do we have anyone from opposition teams that we can think will retire? Oh gee, you're stretching me there. Well, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure if you made me look, I could name a few, but not going to do it like i thought <laughs> like i'm thinking i'm thinking maybe uh like heath shaw or um uh like a, a tex walker maybe or um like uh gary ablett um travis boke maybe like maybe he just like if port adelaide especially if port adelaide ends up winning the whole thing he might decide to go out on a high um sean burgoyne no, well, he's already inked a new twelve uh, one-year deal, I think, or just about yeah. to. Yeah. In the words of Xavier Ellis, sometimes you just got to shoot Bambi. Actually, yeah, this is, a, this is a perfect seg- segue, actually. So I don't want to, I don't want to rain on your parade going through the teams, but no, other, that's fine. Go ahead. My other captivator was about Sean Burgoyne. Yeah, so go for it. <laughs> he he has signed on for a year. That's essentially going to take him if he plays all games to the four hundred game mark. So yeah, it's, and it's 13 games, I think. It's more of a, I guess, a sentimental signing for them. But yeah. what do you think about that, given what Hawthorne did to Jordan Lewis, Sam Mitchell, and Luke Hodge? 
I think that's why Luke Hodge came out recently after it came out that Sean Burgoyne was going to resign, and he said something along the lines of, "I don't understand that because you're going with a youth policy, and yet you're still, and yet you're re-signing someone into their twentieth year. I just don't get that. It's it's very confusing to me." I wonder if Luke Hodge is sort of yeah he's probably confused but he's also probably a little bit pissed <laughs> that it's it's um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's sort of like well hang on a minute well Luke Hodge he, retired oh yeah that's, well yeah that's true uh, what about Sammy Mitchell uh, uh, well, that was that was the well they traded work. Mitchell and Lewis but Luke Hodge retired I'm pretty sure that's because they weren't going to well yeah I'm sure it was a uh, mutual. Yeah, in yeah, inverted think, commas, really retirement. They, but... they weren't willing to extend it for any period of time. Yeah. He kind of wanted to go out on his own terms, I guess. But Yeah, I just I wonder if, like, um, the, the conversation between Hawthorne and Burgoyne was different between Hawthorne and Hodge and Hawthorne Lewis, Hawthorne Mitchell. Well, he's, he's taking on a part-time Indigenous advisory role and then... In 2022 to be full-time. So part of me thinks maybe it's like we don't have enough money to pay you as a staff member. So we'll pay you as a player. Yeah, right. Because that, that money is there, you know. They have to have yeah. that money. Yeah. So you can we can pay. You might not play. Or we'll give you the third. Maybe give you 13. Yeah. Or it's just his sheer versatility. I don't know. But he's, yeah, like Xavier Ellis said it best. Sometimes you got to shoot Bambi. He's not been... It's not been great. It's not like David Mundy, who looks like he'll play when he's 400. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure Bergwijn's only going, I think he's like 10 touches a game. Playing forward, I think he's kicked 10 goals for the year. It's Yeah. There's not that much to justify him in the side. And someone yeah. like someone like Bergwijn, you have four finals because of just how good he is in finals. <laughs> but you don't... I was just about to say, but you need to make them. Like, it's, it's no good having someone of that sort of silk. Nicknamed silk. If Or that or that ilk. Yeah. Uh, um, if you're... If, yeah, if you're just never going to be in a position um, while he's still playing now to, yeah, actually uh, take advantage of that. Yeah. 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 Good captivators, uh, Nate. That was nice. Well there done. There you go. Finally contributed too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that that moves us on to a new segment: um, draft winners and losers. Uh, yeah, we just can't stay away from the draft. I know. We just, we love going back Keep into back. the annals of draft history and figuring Beating out that dead horse. Yeah, what went right, what went wrong, and why can't we get enough of it? Um, so. What we're basically going to do is we're going to go through... Uh, so this week, we're going to go through the 2018 draft, but we're not going to go through it like we have before. Instead, what we're just going to do is give uh, give you who we think the team was who won the draft, in inverted commas, with who they obviously drafted, and who lost the draft. Um, 2018 may seem a bit, uh, a bit close, a bit recent, but... Um, it's been about but time eight. Will tell. But time will tell, uh, and it's been eighteen months, so you can kind of get an idea as to because uh, if, if you go through the names of the people who were drafted in twenty eighteen, some of them are actually starting to stand out now. So um, that's what we're starting with, and that's how we're going to do things. So who would like to go first? I'll go. I'll go first because I've contributed nothing. So far <laughs> to this no, you, you you've, you've contributed <laughs> your opinion on some things. It's been Which, good. Arguably, <laughs> could be worth nothing. <laughs> uh, so, 2018, uh, the winner for me, there was some pretty good draft holes, but the clear winner for me was Gold Coast. They got the actual number one pick, Jack Lukosius. Um, but we'll, we'll brush over that. Um, and the loser, I don't know, I picked Melbourne and I can't even remember who they drafted and that's that's why. Yeah, Tommy yeah. Sparrow, James Jordan, Aaron Nitschke. Matty Hoare, Toby Bedford, massive names, aren't they? Yeah, huge names. Oh, yeah. You look at Gold Coast, who got Lukosius, Rankin, and Ben King. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's, and um, that's probably I that's probably good. don't need to say anything else. Uh, yeah, I mean that's 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 decent. Um, I will say that I didn't I didn't uh, go with Gold Coast. Um, I instead went with my draft winners uh, draft winner being Port Adelaide. Yeah. Uh, um, for the same. Had to be yeah. minimum minimum second place. Oh yeah, for the same <laughs> for the same sort of re- reasons. They they picked up Connor Rosie, Zach Butters, and Xavier Dersma in that draft, and all three of them are sort of propelling port helping propel port adelaide to be where they are at the moment yeah the tipping point for me with that is uh two of them aren't playing mm-hmm. like two of them have been dropped uh fair whereas enough. all yeah, three fair. of gold whereas all three of gold coasts are playing when they're not injured that's fair but what that, i would that's how that's how tight it was i had to find a way to split it yeah that, no that's Des- that's that, Desma, that's fair desma was back this week Oh, so two of them are playing. Yeah. Yeah, and, the, and I don't know why Rosie's out of the side. My only rebuttal to what you just said, Brent, is that I feel that with Gold Coast, because of the the team and the players that they've had for so long, Lacocious, Rankin, and King, they were, always go- they, were, yeah, they were always going to play no matter yeah. what. Whereas with Port Adelaide, it wasn't so... Uh, no one... Ex- I don't think anyone... Ex- well, yeah. People expected Rosie to be a star, but I don't think they expected all three of them all together mm-hmm. yeah, or, yeah. to be as influential as they have been. Yeah. 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 Um, and so on the flip side of that, my, dra- my draft losers, and there was two, uh, were Adelaide and Melbourne, like you just said. Um, Melbourne because, yeah, they had their five picks and none of them have really done anything so far. And... Uh, the, but the reason I put um, both of them in there is because with Adelaide, with Melbourne, they have five picks. None of them have done anything. Um, but the, but Melbourne is also uh, they were thinking they could you know vie for finals, vie for a flag, stuff like that. So I kind of exp- I understand why they wouldn't ma- maybe necessarily play those five uh, and you know consistently or really at all at the moment they're probably trying to solidify their top 22 and um those five probably may take some time to actually crack into that um but it means that like but at the moment they haven't done anything and melbourne is sitting outside the eight so you know um that's why they're a loser for my end because it's also the fact that every other team seems to have at least one person who seems who you know has uh, made an impact in some regard, and Melbourne haven't done it with any. Adelaide I put on there for those reasons as well, but on top of that, um, they're not in the position where Adel- where Melbourne is. Adelaide knew that, that they were going to be rebuilding, um, and so they should have been put playing these players if they haven't already, and if they haven't, why? And if they have, well then, same thing, with, it's almost the same thing with Melbourne, it's like they, none of these guys have been making an impact, and they almost need to more than the, uh, the the Melbourne need their players to make an impact because Adelaide are where they currently are, and you think with the draft with with how they should have drafted, um, you want your young players to be you know um, be playing and you know making as much of an impact as they possibly can. And I haven't heard anything from Chase Jones, Ned McHenry, William Han- Hamill, and Lachlan Scholl. In fact, the only reason I know any of those names is because I'm reading them off a list in Wikipedia. <laughs> well, Chase, jo- Chase Jones is going okay in an absolutely terrible team. Um, he's played 22 games. Ned McHenry's been... I think he only played his first game this year. So, yeah, it wasn't a blockbuster draft, but mm. I don't think it was anywhere near as bad as Melbourne's. No. Uh, no. But Melbourne didn't have a first-round pick either. Yeah. Whereas Adelaide had two. Uh, yeah, it, well, and they, there you go. Exactly. So they're both my losers for similar but different reasons. All right. Um, so <coughs> you basically covered off everything I need to say, to be honest. Um, that's a that's a nice change. It's usually the other way around, play, isn't it? How'd you go, Gold Coast, Port Adelaide? So, Surely they're the only two. Yeah, no, it's yeah. basically. So <laughs> I'll bring it home. Melbourne had five picks and nothing's gone their way on that one. Uh, I was very close to Hawthorne, but they only really had two picks, and I guess if you get two wrong, that's not as bad as getting five wrong. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah so. and I think and they'll Hawthorne... pick fifty-two and sixty-three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. so exactly. you can't do too much so with that. There wasn't too much hope going into those picks, anyways. No. Um, yeah, exactly. Oh, it's it's really hard. I've fl- basically flip a coin. I've probably gone Port Adelaide. Um, they've 
both combined, so those three players of each side have played basically the same amount of games. I think um, for the Gold Coast, King and Lakosha played 16, Lakosius, and then Rankins played 11. And then for Port, um, Butters is on like 15 or 16, um, Dersma on 13, and I think Rosie's on 12. So they're all, I mean, they've probably played about 40 games combined. I just yeah. kind of think three players playing in the top side is pretty impressive. Because um, yeah. I wouldn't expect many first, second year games to be playing in the number one side in the comp. And I know Rosie hasn't been as flashy as he was last year, but he was bloody good last year. Yeah, yeah well, Port Adelaide, I think, thought they were... Well, they wanted to be, you know, finals, but they probably realistically thought they were... Three yeah, or four year, three or four years away, so they invested heavily and it's worked immediately. Oh, yeah. mate. And then even, like, they've got some other good picks that are coming through. George Yardis is slotted straight in the team. I know he's injured right now, yeah. but... Yeah, um, yeah they're basically chucking these guys straight in and somehow they're... I mean, they just keep on winning. Yeah, and um, is it... What's his name? Peter Laddams, the other Ruckman? Mm-hmm. I think... I can't remember when they drafted him, but it would have been very recently. 2016, I think. So their last few drafts have been. Ruckman well, are always slow burn. I was going to oh, say, yeah. get, like, well, it, so realistically, they drafted him, yeah, in 2018, 2019. Knowing. Because it takes, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knowing they need him now. Yeah. And they also drafted a bloke called Riley Grundy. So, you know, if he's anything like Wait, his namesake. Is, is, is it Grundy? It, it's Grundy. It's Grundy. <laughs> Grundy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just for you, Nate. Um, so yeah that is our draft winners and losers it's way quicker than the other segments we've done in the previous weeks Um, so we might keep it around for a little bit longer are we doing 2017 or are we going to pick a random one um, well I was thinking we'd do it in chronological order we'd go down to 2017 yeah I think we'll be able to keep track of it that (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. Nathan's Nathan's spreadsheet from last year that was completely wrong yeah uh, (laughs) Worked, worked a treat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now we'll, we'll keep it easier for you for this time, Nathan. You can, Perfect. Uh, yeah. In fact, it's, it'll be so easy that hopefully you don't even need a spreadsheet. Um, Excellent. So uh, we'll uh, move on from that to our just the tips. That is our tips for the upcoming round, the final round of the uh, AFL Home and Away season for twenty twenty. And I'll just bring it up, which I should have done earlier, but I didn't. But here we go. Uh, so, to cap things off, Thursday night at Metricon Stadium, we have North Melbourne versus West Coast. North Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh. lock in North Melbourne for Brent. <laughs> I, um, well, I only with seen... my, theory last, my theory last week that West Coast had lost all their away games in Queensland. I was actually seriously considering it, but... They've broken that by beating St Kilda, so yeah. And, and if, they, if Frio can beat North Melbourne by ten goals or whatever it was, West Coast can beat them by well a hundred. I think it has to be like a hundred goals. <laughs> yeah, they'll, um, they'll leapfrog. So West Coast managed to beat a team in the top eight in Queensland. So that's that. They'll hold them. They'll they'll be good confidence for them going forward. Um, and so, yeah, I'll tip north. Uh, I nearly said I'll tip north. No. I'll t- <laughs> Brent, what have you done to me? Um, no, I'll tip west coast. Uh, so then we move on to Friday night uh, at the Gabba. That is St. Kilda versus GWS. GWS need to win this in order to stay, have any chance really of, of being in the eight. And St. Kilda can't really move, can they? I mean, they could... They I could, think they they can miss. I think if they yeah, if, if Melbourne and the Giants won by enough, which is probably a massive amount, because they have to gain yeah. another five and eleven percent respectively on St Kilda. I was going to say St Kilda's percentage is what's going to give them strength. Um, they could mathematically be a chance to miss the eight, but yeah, everything would have to go seriously yeah. wrong for them. I mean, fortunately, but, they're playing the Giants for that. I mean, Giants would have to beat them by ten goals. Or probably more, more. to catch yeah. up eleven percent. Scoring because scoring is so low though, percentage is fluctuating pretty wildly. Like they've only scored thirty more points than the Giants. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. And they've given away four, four less goals. points. So really, yeah. there's only four goals so, yeah, separating them. So yeah, if a the, 10 goal win if could the potentially Giants win by that. yeah 40 40 plus. Yeah. It slides out for St Kilda possibly. <laughs> potentially. Potentially. Yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. The Giants have been a huge letdown in in recent no, no, years. Um, it's. I want to tip them because I find it hard to believe they'll just like give up on the season. But. I don't think them losing to St Kilda is totally dishonourable either because no. St Kilda are pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you you say you feel like they like they shouldn't have they shouldn't or they haven't given up on the season. I feel like they gave up on the season before the season began. Um, <laughs> just by the way they're playing. Uh, so I'm actually going to tip St Kilda for this one. I think they're going to be that St Kilda don't want to. Uh, be have essentially been in the eight for the entire season and then just drop it at the final hurdle. I'll see what Nathan says before I give my answer. Uh, purely based on the fact that I don't trust the Giants anymore, I'm going the Saints. Yeah, that's that. I'll go the Giants then, just so <laughs> just to be different. Perfect. Mate. Well, that's that's the Brent guarantee. Um, <laughs> I should have gone the Giants and really thrown a spanner in the works. <laughs> Brent might have to go for the umps instead. <laughs> um, so. oh, I'd win every time. <laughs> yeah, you would. The AFL would make sure of it. Because they're always right. It doesn't I was, matter. I was going to say, oh, the, this, AFL, the AFL would make sure of it. For this definitely. next one's <laughs> going to be tough to enjoy. Uh, well, yeah. For, um, for Ben. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll be at work, so it doesn't matter. Um, but, yeah, Saturday afternoon, Essendon versus Melbourne at Metricon. No matter who wins, I've already lost. This could honestly be a game that Melbourne lose because they so desperately need a win. Um, but do you yeah. know there's only what one dead rubber this this week, which is Hawthorne Gold Coast, which is pretty rare. Usually by yeah, now, right. half the games don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> and whereas and- if Hawthorne beat Gold Coast, they potentially might finish fifteenth instead of sixteenth. Who cares? <laughs> and Gold Coast if they win they'll go past Essendon if Essendon lose you know what I'm going to tip Essendon just for the hell of it nah they've given up I'm going Melbourne yeah I'll be tipping Melbourne too although Melbourne have filled their supporters with heaps of hope so they'll probably lose that's what I mean <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard to tell Essendon aren't interested and Melbourne will just give up the thing is they Essendon the pressure's off Essendon they can just go out and play footy right now Melbourne, uh, I don't know. To be Mel- fair, Melbourne flip a coin. Essendon just don't even flip. You say Essendon can go out and play footy now. I mean, do they do they even remember how? Yeah, that's um, not filling me with a lot of hope. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. No, Melbourne, 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 Melbourne. Uh, but I mean, if you, yeah, I think, yeah, nah, Melbourne. Uh, <laughs> Adelaide versus Richmond is the next game uh, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, our time, at Adelaide Oval. Yeah, so Adelaide curse, far out. <laughs> yeah, three, <laughs> three so I'm on the trot tip, now, isn't it? I'm going to tip Richmond not only because it's probably what will happen, but also hoping that the Adelaide curse will strike again. <laughs> I can understand that. Um, win-win situation. I'll be tipping Richmond. Yeah, I'm going to tip Richmond yeah. for other reasons. The yeah. <laughs> but hey, if you want to tip Adelaide, go right ahead, um, Brent. Cause... No, I said I'm tipping Richmond because... Oh, right, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully well, Adelaide, it yeah. means Richmond yeah. will lose. Win. We'll lose, yeah. I mean, if eight... <laughs> and Adelaide will win. Yeah. Uh, smiles across the board then. Um, Saturday night, Brisbane versus Carlton at the Gabba. Brisbane because Carlton either rock up at half time or leave at half time. Uh, yeah. Either way they're not there for a full game. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Brisbane. Yeah. Yep. Brisbane. 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 Uh moving on to Sunday. Morning for us, afternoon for everyone else. Uh Hawthorne versus Gold Coast. This is the rubber you were talking about. At the Don't Adelaide care. Oval. Yeah. The only people who probably will will be the fans for either team and even then we're pushing it. Kind of want Hawthorne to win, so then they don't get as good a draft pick. But I want them to lose because I want Hawthorne to lose all the time. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm of the same boat. <laughs> I, I never want Hawthorne to win. So I, I mean, I actually will be tipping Gold Coast simply because then that would if Gold Coast 
win Essendon. Oh, of Hawthorne, yeah. Well, if Gold Coast yeah. win and then Essendon lose, it means that Essendon dropped to 14th, then we just get, and that's just an, uh, that means we get a, a pick in the top five, and I'm happy with that. If something's going to get. will trade it. If he died, don't. <laughs> just, just don't. I'm <laughs> going Gold Coast. Cause... Yeah, Gold Coast. They're, better, they're way better than Hawthorne anyway. Yep. Um,. I like to hear that. Uh, Sydney. Oh, yeah, I like the latter at the moment. <laughs> um, if Essendon can't make the eight, at least uh, Hawthorne are in the, the bottom four. Even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, moving on to this, to Sunday afternoon as well. Uh, Sydney versus Geelong at Metricon Stadium. Geelong. Yeah, I Geelong. think we'll all be tipping Geelong on that one. Yep. Yep. Nathan? Yep. Cool. Uh, so that was quick and easy. Uh, Sunday afternoon, late afternoon to evening, Fremantle versus the Western Bulldogs at Kazali Stadium. Awesome. I'm going to tip Freo. Oh, Ooh. really? Yeah. So okay. Much riding on it. I'm going. Yeah, I'm tipping the Bulldogs. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not confident the Dogs will win. I actually think Freo's a massive chance here. No. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think the Dogs have so much at stake and. Yeah, um, they're currently. They might. Currently they might NBA, not buy it. They might not buy then though. Ah, uh, that's true. Yeah, I mean, if if because if Melbourne and the Giants lose, they're they're in. Yeah. So then it doesn't matter if they lose or not. That's true. I guess it, yeah, it solely depends on the results ahead. Because if if St Kilda and Collingwood, oh no, Collingwood's the next day. No, so if only Melbourne and Jedwurst can kick the Bulldogs out. Yeah, I just mean it's um about ladder position and who who they would want to play in the case of yeah I I don't know because if they finish eighth they've probably got West Coast if they can finish higher than Saints or Collingwood they will play one of those probably want to finish eighth because they just beat West Coast <laughs> yeah true, true that so not if, in Perth though so I was going to say <laughs> yeah if, if if Bulldogs get eighth they'll be playing West Coast and Perth so you know meh. yeah I, if, I think... if I was Bulldogs I'd be wanting to win no matter what. To just just to avoid that, um, yeah, I think the doggies will win, it, but it's yeah. um, not going to be easy. No, it isn't. Um, but I think still think they will. Uh, so yeah, as you already touched on, Monday night, uh, Collingwood versus Port Adelaide at the Gabba. I seriously got to stop tipping. Stop not picking Port. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I lost three games, and I wasn't too impressed by what Collingwood dished up last night until the final quarter. They kind of turned it on, but yeah. um, Port Adelaide. Oh, I'm so torn with this one on Port because I'm, as I said to you guys in the chat, um, off offline that I don't know if if I was Port, winning form is good form, but I don't know if I'd want to go into the finals top of the ladder, just absolutely flying, and then just go out in straights. I kind of. I don't know. I kind of like the idea of playing uh, with less expectation, but you know, if the ladder if the ladder ends up the way it is now, who would you rather play at Adelaide, Richmond, or Geelong? I think they would prefer to play Richmond, um, but because they annihilated them last time. Yeah, well, they lost by ten goals to Geelong, so that hurts. Yeah, um, that's the that's probably the even bigger one. So I guess Richmond right, in finals is different. Yeah, that's true. So, yep, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> They'd probably rather play West Coast. Actually, it doesn't really matter because Collingwood can't fall out. So they'll make finals anyway. Mm-hmm. And they'll play it in Queensland anyway. And the worst Port can finish is second. Yeah, so they'll play, they'll get two games in Adelaide anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so it's almost a rubber, but not really. Port Adelaide it is. Yeah, Port Adelaide. Didn't even need to hear any of that to tip Port Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> They're just a better team than Collingwood right now. That's all I need. Um, but those are just our tips, and for some reason, a little bit more. Um, uh, but yeah, that uh, go into the final segment for the uh, for this podcast, and that is our brave or stupid. Um, and considering we've already touched on it. Uh, a little bit. I'll I'll do. I'll go first. Um, Melbourne to be in the top eight at halftime against Essendon, only to lose it all at the final siren. One hundred percent realistic yeah, chance of happening. I was about to say that sounds like exactly what sounds like happen. exactly what would happen. So what that so means right. is 
I think we've lost you, Nathan. Have you? No, you. You. I can still hear you. Sorry, can you hear me? Yeah, but yeah, you were, were, you, were you standing like across the road from your microphone? Or? No, I think my um, audio uh, bar had just gone down on my uh, pickup for my mic. All right, okay, got ya. Bit of behind sorry, the scenes. So, so the question was, uh, Melbourne. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, the brave or stupid Melbourne to be in the top eight at half time against Essendon, only to lose it all at the final siren. Well, the only option I can go is brave because it's the least silly option. If I had a <laughs> if I had a more straightforward definite, then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I didn't. I, I, I've been I've been uh, not a, not even brave because yeah. it's just what is probably going to happen. I've been pla- it, I've been playing up the the stupid for the last few weeks, so I thought I might I tried to to be a little bit more realistic this time, but I think I may have gone a bit too far on the other end there now. I think I've only I think I've only come out with stupids so far, so I might I got to keep that going somehow. I mean, my other my other one was um, was going to be uh, um, Adelaide and North Melbourne to uh, win this. Uh, no, it was going to be Adelaide to win, North Melbourne to to lose, and then and be wooden spooners. That's what I was going to say. Adelaide would have to make up six percentage on North, but that was going to be my brave or stupid. Oh, Adelaide, sorry, bro. win by enough, and West Coast win by enough. Well, so, see, uh, yeah. so Adelaide and North swap. I wonder what the maths hat would have to be for Adelaide to still lose because they're they're equal on twelve points, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, well, and increase percentage. Oh, North lose and by North enough. lose by enough for them to still drop. Well, there's thirty points scored. There's about eighty points separating them. So if West Coast, if, if Adelaide they can have to get within, by like a hundred, if, so. yeah, if Adelaide can get within a kick or two of Richmond somehow, and North lose by seventeen goals. Um, <laughs> yeah, which it's hard enough for West Coast to kick 17 goals, <laughs> yeah. let alone win by 17. Yeah, I'm going to have to go stupid on the basis of Port Adelaide, uh, so not Port, uh, Richmond winning quite comfortably. Yeah. Which would then mean North losing by like 140. Yeah, it's so frustrating when you're like, oh, West Coast might be top four, and you like see the first game, and you're like, oh, we've got a good chance to top four, and then it's Richmond versus Adelaide. Oh. Well, do you and know what? Geelong versus Sydney. Oh. Do you know what's funny? That's actually a segue into my brave or stupid. So once we finish yours, we'll hit on that mark. You oh, no. the brave or stupid, Ben? I'm. It's, it's. Considering I thought of it and thought it was too stupid to actually say myself. <laughs> going with brave? Um. Yeah. I'm going with realistic. No, I'm going. Yeah. No. <laughs> stupid all the way. <laughs> nice. Okay. So mine is exactly what. Brent had kind of put forward. West Coast are going to yep. win, put themselves into the top four, and then one of Richmond or Geelong, who are playing Sydney and Adelaide, if you've forgotten in the last 20 seconds, are going to absolutely cock it up and drop out and lose to one of the deadbeats of the competition and, and hand West Coast a top four spot. I can see... I, I, I'll call that brave because I can actually see that happening with Geelong and Sydney. Yeah, I don't don't ask me why, but I can see, Ge- like, because they Geelong haven't done what they've done in previous years and done the win loss win loss win loss after the bye. So, I I get a feeling that they're like if 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 it was going to happen, maybe it didn't feel like a bye because it was so long. Maybe. Um, so do you think do you think Geelong's going to be still absolutely dejected by their loss to the Tigers and just fall off a cliff against Sydney? Uh, not necessarily. I think it's more of a case of they won't realize just how close the game ends. Like, I re- if it, if if it was going to happen, it would be low. It was obviously low scoring, tight contest, and Geelong will just let it slip, um, and Sydney will somehow manage to eke out a victory out from nowhere, kind of thing. It, it is nice that West Coast do play first because then it does put the pressure on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I don't, I, it's not, which might be why they did it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't expect it to happen, but I'll call it brave because it, uh, it, it has the, it definitely has the potential to happen, and I see it more happening with yeah, Geelong, Sydney than Adelaide, Richmond. Lovely. Beauty, 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 beauty. And that was our braves or stupids. 
and that will be our podcast for the week. Um, uh, yeah. We'll stupid it out after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it only took about an hour. That was great. Um, so yeah, thank you all very much for joining us. Uh, if you have any comments, questions, uh, especially captivating questions, um, by mm. all means, yeah, uh, hit us up on our Facebook page, our Fifth Quarter Podcast. Uh, I believe Fifth Quarter. Uh, podcast.com is the website that will direct you to the Facebook page as well um, you can also email us uh, fifthquarterpodcast at gmail.com um, uh, yeah just hit us up see um, you know we're always uh, you know looking for more content more interactivity from our, from our fans from our lovely audience so um, yeah uh, thank you very much for, for listening in um, hope you don't have too much footy fatigue and uh, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the food. Enjoy the ride around the food. <laughs> enjoy. enjoy. <laughs>